Hello and welcome to uh, an extra episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. Um, we The season's over, so we're not doing our weekly podcast anymore, but the season is over and it has given us an opportunity to do an awards. This is something we've been really looking forward to do and we've delayed a bit because quite frankly, the sun's been out, the pub's been opening, the season's over and we've all been to the pub for a bit. So um, uh, so we've got the review of the season uh, awards. Um, we've got about 10 to 15 awards. We'll get through them quite quickly, I can imagine. Um, and with us, we've got two wonderful people who have been on the podcast many times. Uh, we've got uh, Matt from the Can You Believe It podcast. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, yeah, good, mate. Um, I echo your words, enjoying the sun and enjoying the pub or the beer. Excellent. Um, and we've also got Gus from the pub. How are you doing, Gus? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm not actually in the pub right now, and I feel a little bit underqualified because both of you guys run a podcast and I don't but uh I'll do my best hey mate you've, you've been on many times and you provide you provided possibly the most um the most incredible tactical analysis for a transfer thing I've ever seen in my life um oh, yeah. mate, I, <laughs> that was inspired I met I'm not sure if you've seen it or anyone listening has seen it but uh, Gus has basically done um, a full spreadsheet of who we can potentially sell and um, buy this summer and how we can raise funds. And uh, it's got a nice little picture of Harry Redknapp in the corner coming out of his window. So it is very topical. He's <laughs> um, not coming out of his window. He's leaning out of it. That would be a very... <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> that would be a very, very different podcast. Um <laughs> And maybe one we can do in the future. I don't know. I'm not ruling anything out. I hope not. I, I'm sure I'm busy that day when that podcast is coming <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm busy with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be there. <laughs> Looks like it's just me and Harry going. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. Um, well, look, let's just move on, shall we? And we can just sort of do the awards. Perfect segue. Um, yeah, this is a very smooth segue between Harry Redknapp's antics and our first um, award, which is shot of the season. No, it's not. It's goal of the season. Um, so, guys, what, what are we thinking? Goal of the season. There's not many contenders, is there? Because we haven't scored. <laughs> we haven't scored that many goals. That many good goals, anyway. So. Um, but like I, I had, a, I, I listed a few. There, there were a couple that weren't like good goals, but the, 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 they meant a lot in the moment. So like I think Gabriel versus Benfica, I think it was, or Olympiacos, I think where mm. he had that tower and header, which was really mm. really good. And there was a couple against Dundalk. I think Pepe when he rolled his foot over one and smacked him with his weak foot, which was pretty good. But I think the one game that had really good goals was the the West Brom away game. So in the snow, it obviously mm. made it look a bit better. And the goal I, I I would say is probably Saka's goal against West Brom, just because the, the movement and the passing was lovely, and it's something that doesn't really belong in a team that finishes eighth and is mid-table it, it was a goal that you would have seen in all the good eras at Arsenal between Saka Lacazette and Emil Smith-Rowe they all linked up perfectly for that goal and it, I think Smith-Rowe 
um, abodomizes that goal just because I think he goes around the corner and then keeps moving and he sets up Saka in the end. And obviously it's a tap-in, but it's just everything before that is just so perfect. So that's what I would choose. That was definitely the sexiest goal of the season. And to be honest, I think the only thing that we can like take from that is that we score bangers in the snow. That's it. It's all you can take from this Arsenal team. So tell you what, give us some away games in Norway and I think we'd win in the Europa League easy. Definitely. Yeah. Like... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Gus, what are you saying? What do you think? What's, um, any goals in the bank? Well, Matt's actually taken my number one option. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really liked, I loved that goal so much because um, it, it, it's exactly as it says. It's like, uh, it's not a goal that you expect a, a mid-table uh, team to score. Um, I think my, uh, similar to Matt, one of the ones that was really important in terms of the timing of the goal was uh, Kieran Tierney's one in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might have been in the same game where he just smashes it in with his left foot into the far corner. But my favourite finish for the season is a tie between um, Granit Xhaka's free kick against Chelsea, mm-hmm. partly because of the, the moment. So I remember I went back to my parents for the weekend and my mum's a football fan as well, and she was asking, oh, what do you reckon the score will be? And I was like, look, I'll just take it if we just don't get get beat like hammered i take losing 2-1 like as long as we don't get beaten by three or more goals i think we've done okay and i think that was our second goal um i might have been the first goal i was like oh my god we're beating chelsea um and then the the final one was um actually pepe's goal i think it was the last day of the season against norwich Mm. where he cuts inside and curls it into the top corner on his left foot um, and I thought he had such a good end to the season. I wanted to give him a special mention. I think I'm going to give him the, the goal of the season as well for me, behind behind Mets' uh, choice of, of Saka's tapping. Mm. It's quite difficult to score against Norwich when they're not in the same league as you, to be fair. Um... Norwich, fucking <laughs> hell. Um... <laughs> it was somewhere who played in yellow. I swear they're in yellow. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it, was Brighton? it was Brighton. Bright, Bright, it... Yeah, Brighton in the way kit. Was it Brighton? We... Who was it? I don't think it was, you know. Was it Brian? Do you know the what goal was I mean? It was literally the last game. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I remember yeah it, it was, was in the pub. kisses the camera afterwards. Oh, this is uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Bryson. Was it Brian? Oh, of course it was. It co- of course it was. Who plays in yellow and green? That's why I said Norwich. Yeah. They play in, yeah, yeah Brian. Brian. For you guys at home, anyway. this is cutting edge analysis <laughs> and top top draw knowledge of the arsenal game yeah no i um that that was a cracking goal to both of his goals were, were, were great to be fair yeah, he just were. sort of chipped it up and banged it in and actually that that meant that goal meant a lot to me as well and i mentioned this in the last podcast because um we yeah it was the first time i was been around fans and i've been to the stadium that day just to have a bit of like soak up so soak, soak up the atmos um and went to a local pub, managed to get into an Arsenal pub, which was very lucky because someone cancelled their table and just forgot what it was like to just celebrate around fans. And it was just so, just forgot how good football was. Um, and the whole drama of Spurs going ahead, sorry, going behind and us going ahead and all that sort of stuff. And whilst I actually was quite glad we finished behind Spurs because we missed that conference league stuff. Um, oh yeah, that, that, that Pepe goal really gave me the feels as they say. Um, that, that, that didn't come in my list. I mean, um, yeah, it's quite depressing that both, I think, the, for my top two anyway, were Saka and Tierney from the West Brom game. And 
they, they, they were unbelievable goals. And it's just depressing that all of our good goals came in like a couple of games um, yeah. against either West Brom or like um, uh, somewhere in the Europa League. But uh, Jackers was good. I, my, my third place, so uh, was Erdegaard against Olympiakos because probably yes. because about five minutes before that, I'd said on the WhatsApp group that Erdegaard just really starts needs contributing to goals. Um, and he's not looking very sharp tonight. And then he bangs it in from 30 yards. So, um, yeah, that, that, that made me feel a bit embarrassed, but I, you know, from, from the level of which I was low to where I was high and he actually went in, I think that was pretty, pretty good, but I'm the same as you. I think, I feel like we're all in agreement that Saka's sexy ass goal from, um, the West Brom game was in the snow was, was the winner. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Nice. Yeah. Well-deserved in the end. It was such Mm. a great goal. Cool. I think as the uh, as uh, I think we can say between us that we are we speak for the Arsenal people and, and the, all of the Arsenal fans and we agree that this is the best goal of the season. Okay. Um, yeah, of course, of course. Um, all right. Well, for, from highs to lows, we've started well. Let's 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 get to the uh, serious stuff. Blunder of the season. Take your pick, Gus. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I have to go with the first one that sprang to mind when I saw this. And it's for, I feel a bit bad because I think he had a very good season overall. But Granite Shaka against Burnley, I don't want to get the team mm. wrong again. It was Burnley, where I know, I know, you know, I'm sure other ones will come up and David Ruiz will be mentioned. But for me, like, it was, it was right in the middle of that run where we just seemed to make mistakes every time. Uh, every game that would, we, you know, we wouldn't actually like um, get beaten. We would lose games ourselves and hand it to the other team. Um, yeah. And for me, that that was the, that was the blunder of the season, and it was compounded by the fact that Sean Dyche then went off in the interview afterwards and, and claimed it was because of Burnley's excellent pressing that forced us into that error. So annoying. Um, and anything that makes Sean Dyche happy, I'm really against. So I'm, I, I feel bad because I think Granite Jack had a really good season, but for me that was the that was the blunder of the season. Yeah, I um, that was second on my list. Um, so yeah, I'm keen to hear what, what you think, Matt, or, or what you've come up with. Have you got David so, Louise anywhere in there? Um, so David Louise is actually not in there for me. I, I had some blunders in terms of like transfers in terms of. Saliba yes. not going out on loan, uh, nice. and then obviously Willian, but less said about that, the better. Um, not signing a number 10 in the summer, that, that seemed to cost us. But funnily enough, mine is also Xhaka, and it's also <laughs> against Birdley, but, but it's the it's other been, game. But the <laughs> other game. So, um, yeah, so he hasn't had a good time against um, Burnley, has he, old Xhaka? Um, but it's, it, it's quite funny because. We had obviously gone through a really bad run. We were facing a Burnley team who were in horrendous form and it, it just seemed like a good game to get a win. We started look, looking like we were getting ahead in the game and looking like we were actually going to get a win. I know it was nil-nil at the time, but actually looked like we were putting some pressure on them. And then Xhaka decides to throttle one of their players and for something that was completely ridiculous as well, because it wasn't like the player punched him in the face or elbowed him in the face or anything. It, it was a very small little thing and Xhaka completely lost his head like he tends to do. And 
get sent off and we go on to lose the game. And I, I know we lost to an own goal and they didn't really create anything in the game. But I think that moment was just madness. And it, it could have cost Arteta his job. And this is someone who Arteta absolutely fought for. So th- that's my blunder of the season. I like it. I like it. I, I, funnily enough, so it sounds like we've all got Granit Xhaka against Burnley in our uh, in our list. <laughs> Um, so I, I was actually on Gus's side in terms of the blunder because just like the sheer like laziness of the swing of the leg and the fact that he just was just a player there and it just goes in and just how it just hits his stomach and it's just like, oh, yep, turns out it's going in. Um, that was possibly the biggest blunder I've ever seen. And I just, uh, yeah, it sticks out. It's it's interesting that no one no one here mentioned David Louise. He's not on my list either. And no, I'm actually trying to think. special mention though? I mean, we should give him a special mention, but apart from the red cards, which admittedly does fall under the blunder <laughs> category, I can't Ooh. think of a crazy... I mean, Ceballos had more than more than Xhaka. Oh, but yeah, Danny, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was on my mind. There was mm. a few in the Europa League where he absolutely messed up. Obviously, he got mm. the red card in the Villarreal game, didn't he? Mm. Where, that header backwards I, as oh. well. He, yeah, he got, yeah. He got three assists over those two legs. All of them were for Olympiacos. <laughs> <laughs> Like seriously, that's, that's, okay, that, that has to be worse. <laughs> surely, that is, it is. Yeah, is, is, is that more? Assi- is that more assist than um, Sabias has got in his whole Arsenal career for actual oh Arsenal players? That's as well. a hell of a question. Uh, I'm getting that out right now. That's a hell of a question. <laughs> because um, it would surprise right, me. I, th- I think you're correct. <laughs> right. I don't think he got more than three assists. I mean, that has to be under the season, doesn't it? Right. Um, how do I, Danny Sabias? Um, okay, so can you guys, just while I'm finding this, um, can you talk about my number one blunder of the season, which looks like it's going to be translated all the way across to Danny Ceballos now, but uh, Leno um, against Everton, just when we were maybe fighting for Europa League, um, when we were fighting for, um, and we were playing okay, we weren't playing that well, but we had like chances against Everton and Everton created absolutely nothing. And it was just one of those where we're not in the dipper form, but it was just stagnating. And we just needed something and yeah, it completely let down. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, yeah it was I, it... I, I, I didn't watch the game and uh, I texted into our WhatsApp group and Toby, I was like, saw it see me gone one nil down. And I was like, what happened? Toby was like, Leno's had, Leno's had an absolute nightmare, uh, like horrific mistake. And then when mm. I saw it later on the match of the day, it still surprised me how bad it was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Um, however, it's not as bad as Ceballos. I've got the stats up. So this season, Ceballos has got three assists. So he's created as many assists in two games for an opponent as he did for our team in the entire season. And he actually only created, and I assume that includes his assist, four big chances all season. Oh, God. That is depressing. It doesn't really surprise me that much, though. I don't no. know why. Yeah. Wow. God, it's good to be rid of him. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he was nice, um, but that's about it. Okay. All right. I think, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think you can slate him after the last podcast where you said, "Oh, we didn't give a goodbye," and then oh. ended up uh, doing an emotional post literally mid-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a bit. I feel a bit bad about that. Um, yeah, basically, uh, Gus, I'm not sure if you um, listened to it, but yeah, so we... Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd heard, yeah, 
okay, yeah, well, for everyone else, I suppose, yeah, I feel really bad because I slated him for not saying goodbye and he did an Instagram of him on the, on the plane and then we had a pause in the, inst- in the uh, podcast and turns out he did a big emotional goodbye on Instagram whilst I was talking and uh, it was very, very nice, so I feel very bad. Sorry, sorry, Danny, if, you, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. Um, all right, so I think we can all agree that the worst blunder of the season was Danny Sabaros, despite us not having him in any of our nominations. Good stuff. <laughs> um, worst haircut of the season? Oh, I, I, I've, I, I couldn't actually think of that many bad oh. haircuts, but there oh. is one that stands out pretty <laughs> badly, <laughs> and it's a Bamiyang's haircut. Again, oh, terrible. It, yeah, it, it, I think he he only used it in one game, and I think it was the Liverpool game at home, which was probably his worst performance of the season because he was put out on the left. He didn't really produce a bad performance. And uh, to be honest, haircuts are, are such a subjective thing anyway, and someone may have absolutely loved it, but that haircut just did not suit him. Mm. It did not look good. And for it to coincide with a really, really bad performance against Liverpool, it has to be the worst haircut. Yeah. Well, that, that's the one that springs to mind. Um, but in, in, you know, in true uh, podcast and journalism uh, style, what I've done is I did like a bit of research on this. And I, I started looking at the, the rest of the Arsenal squad's hair uh, <laughs> this season. Uh, and actually we forget that Danny Ceballos has, always had a top knot, you know, um, you know, at the beginning of the season he did anyway, which was pretty atrocious. Mustafi did the Aguero, Messi, Aaron Ramsey, sort of like white hair, dark beard sort of thing. Just like, despite being Mustafi, um, we forget Willian and, and, and David Louise both have terrible hair, but Aubameyang's was so much of a shock. And, uh, you know, I think he hasn't got too much hair to play with. I think he, I think he probably just needs to let go anyway. Um, so Aubameyang does sit on the top for me, but what about you, Gus, deciding vote? Uh, well, I disagree with Matt because he said haircuts are subjective and some <laughs> people might, might like Aubameyang's hair. And I think his hair was just objectively bad. And this is in a year where people physically couldn't get their haircuts. And if you had said, oh, I will give you that haircut for free or you can keep your hair how it is and not get a haircut for a year. I would not get a haircut for a year, 100%. I'll cut my own hair. I did a better job of cutting my hair than the hairdresser did cutting the Bamiyans. And I bet he paid a lot of money for that as well. (laughs) I think I've made my feelings pretty clear on that. I think you have. (laughs) I think you have. (laughs) A Bamiyang wins it for me. I I can't look past that. (laughs) Everything about him annoys me, but even then, his hair is better than the Bamiyang. Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, do you know what? Just for that speech, um, I mean, you know, I think it's going to have to be. I mean, and... um, We'll do some kind of bet, I'm sure, where you have to get that haircut at some point, Gus, um, oh, if you gosh. lose it or something. Um, you'd have to, it would take a long time. I mean, you'd have to grow it and you'd have to braid it or whatever it is. And Yeah, and I think you might have to have like that type of like curly hair to actually do that. I mm. don't know if it's like, straight-ish hair, you can, you can actually get okay. that done. We'll give you a Danny Ceballos then. Okay, top knot is. So in right now. Um, okay, uh, quick fire one then. I think this is, there's a few catchphrases. So Arteta's phrase of the season. So, I'm really struggling with this. Like, okay. I genuinely can't think of any of this. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I've, I've got, I've got one or I've got two. 
non-negotiables or uh, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've got one. Tr- I guess trust the process. I don't know if he's actually oh, said that, yeah. but but like I feel like that's pretty synonymous with Mikel Arteta and Arsenal. So mm. I know people hate it as well. So they're probably raging through their headphones right now listening to this. Yeah, I can imagine. So to be fair, no, he used to say it a lot, particularly at the end of last year or last season. You know, trust the process. And um, yeah, no, I can't believe I didn't think of that one. Actually, that's probably the biggest one. Um, other one I think is to say because yeah we were really good in the transitions and everything's about the transitions <laughs> he loves the transitions, he he loves loves the transitions. Um, so okay alright well, well let's go with trust the process I think because that feels like the most right and that seems to can be the most popular can we not give it to Unai Emery in good evening still um, yeah why not seems we played him he's been in the Emirates this season um, <laughs> even though the award is called Arteta's phrase of the season oh, okay. uh, we'll give it to Unai Emery <laughs> <laughs> um okay um teacher's pet of the season matt what is there anything you've got in mind here so i've i've got a really controversial one and um i think i'm gonna offend a lot of arsenal fans but hear me out i think teacher's pet of the season is kieran tierney now I'm not saying this in a derogatory term. I'm saying it in terms of he absolutely loves Mikel Arteta. I've never heard him say a bad word about him. He called him a genius. So it must mean that Tierney is really good with Arteta. And also, I don't think I've ever seen Arteta not pick him when he's been fit. He's always in the side, ever present. So they must have a really good relationship. I remember, was it during lockdown last year, Arteta spoke glowingly about Tierney without even having him available for a a single game yet. So uh, he's my teacher's pair. But even if loads of people are going to get the pitchforks out against me. No, no. I, hey, being a teacher's pet isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think particularly with Arteta, who's a bit of a, you know, he likes that sort of thing and gets into that in a minute. But hey, I think um, I think they both shop in Tesco as well. So I think they're made for each other. Um, my my teacher's pet um, was a little bit of the, a role reversal because I actually thought that um, Arteta was Granite Xhaka's teacher's pet. And um, I thought... <laughs> He 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 just has this thing for Granite Xhaka, and I think it was really like exemplified when um, Pepe got that red card, and Pepe was on like not the last legs with Arteta, but you know he was kind of just coming back and he hadn't been performing, he had been inconsistent, and he got like a ridiculous red card against Leeds. He'd made that little headbutt, um, and, and and Arteta just came out in the press and absolutely destroyed him, um, and and did, didn't protect Pepe in any way, and it was pretty brutal. And in contrast, against Burnley, um, Xhaka got sent off for a ridiculous, oh, whatever it was, and uh, he just defended him to the hill. He goes, oh, you know, he's so professional, or whatever he's say. And I thought, you're under the thumb, mate. You know, he's got a bit of a thing for Xhaka. <laughs> so I think he sucks up to Xhaka more than Xhaka sucks up to, to Arteta. Um, he's going to sell him, so maybe he's not that much of a teacher's pet. So <laughs> um, so that's my one. Gus, any any nominations? Yes. I've got a big, I've got a clear winner. Um, okay. Well, in my opinion, you guys may disagree. Um, but uh, on on social media, obviously, a lot of players will, will post pretty regularly. Um, and at the end of last season, Matteo Ganduzi 
didn't post anything about uh, winning the FA Cup. Instead, he just posted a picture of his his holidays um, with not one word to to uh, you know, Arteta or Arsenal saying congratulations. Uh, he, he was obviously an Arsenal player at the time. Um, he actually had quite a short post on the eighth of May when his uh, his daughter uh, his daughter was born. Yeah, um, yeah, which is I've about three here. lines. About three lines. Uh, however, when when Emery and uh, uh, and uh, won the Europa League, um, <laughs> he went. Oh. He did two posts back to back to Emery and Villarreal. Uh, I'll read it out quickly. Just saying, what a journey! This football so smart and elegant. You made a dream of an entire city, a club, a team, and all of the fans come true. You did it. You know how to win trophies. Hats off, Mister uh, Monsieur Emery. You are so unique. And then straight after that, he felt the need to follow it up, saying, "I'm honoured and proud to have had the opportunity to evolve by your side." Words will never be strong enough to qualify your personality, your benevolence, and your authenticity in human relationships. <laughs> All my congratulations, Coach Unai Emery, and bravo, Villarreal. <laughs> uh, he cannot speak uh-huh. English that well. I mean, sure. no, I was going to say, there's no, he's had to look up that. He's had to get someone to write it for him. Maybe he's got, like, an English teacher to do it for him. and that, Or Google somebody... Translate. <laughs> or somebody's done that as like a, a joke so can you do a nice post for me and they've gone I know what to say it's so yeah. bad it, it seems like one of those posts that you get from like you know the fan twitter accounts that are dedicated to like one player sort of thing yeah, that can yeah. never yeah. criticise them it seems like that but it's actually real from a real player like it's it's absolutely and, I mean I've never heard such a cry out for a transfer please come and get me Mr <laughs> Unai um Unai Emery keeps coming up, Gus. Are you are you all right? Are you you still talking I'm about him? him. You're, not, you're not over him. <laughs> no, I'm not over him. I'm sorry, no. I'm just laughing. So I'm looking at a picture of Matteo Gendouzi holding his baby. And uh, because he's sat in the hospital bed with his kind of head down, you can just see the long hair. And, you, and he actually looks like the baby's mother. Like he looks like the person. He's just. Uh, I'm looking at it now. A little bit. Yeah, except with the fresh like Adidas retro T-shirt on. Why? Why? Why couldn't the mum wear that? No, it's just the fact that he's wearing it. He just doesn't look like tired or anything like a mum probably would. He looks like a like a, like a ready to go. You know, I, we're getting in some pretty weird territory now, but um, yeah. we still have this really weird image of of Gendouzi actually giving birth, um, which I'm not saying he's not capable of. Um, now that would be that would be an award for the season. That would be a surprise. <laughs> it would be a surprise. <laughs> um, again, I think I think that really wins it for me. I don't know. Well, what's your vote, uh, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I I think that wins it just because of how absolutely absurd it was. And like Gus said, he didn't post anything about Arsenal winning the FA Cup, even though he was a player. He's not a Villarreal player. So there was no need for him to post that at all. So, yeah, he wins teacher's bet. Have a day off, Matteo Ganduzzi. You know, I think someone needs to say that to him. Just have a day off. You know, he's always <laughs> doing something. Um, all right. Well, I was going to do two more awards next, uh, split the next one into two awards, one being signing of the season and one being um, worst signing of the season. I've sacked off doing worst signing of the season because it's so painfully obvious. I'm just not even going to bother. Um 
And for those of you that haven't been watching this season, that's Willianne. <laughs> um, <laughs> signing of the season then, guys. <laughs> um, go on, Gus, you want to roll? I want to hear a bit more from you. Okay. Uh, my one's a bit out of left field. Um, but I'm going to nominate two players. Um, and they're Skodram Staffu and Serkulasnach. I think getting them to leave the club in January was just some of the best piece of transfer business we could have possibly done. And like they did relegate, was it Shell? Yeah, they relegated Shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Mustafi was crucial in that in that relegation fight. Um, and he tipped him, tipped him over the edge, got them over the line. So you know, you know. dodged a bullet on our part. And um, whoever does Schalke's transfers when they were offered. Mustafi and Kalasanac. Uh, mm. uh, fuck knows what they were thinking. But, um, also, yeah, that's my. That, I think I'd have to go to Mustafi for signing season. I think that's pretty reasonable. We're getting because we're getting Kalasanac back, aren't we? So that's not yeah. good. So, but but but, but Mustafi's gone. So that's fine. I think he actually started to. He tried to start a um, dressing room dressing room revolt against like, yeah. everyone was like no <laughs> um <laughs> come on guys <laughs> no but it, it, it's quite scary and almost like you know i almost respect wenger a hell of a lot more in in that he got top five or top four with both of those players and that's 50 percent of our defense went to schalke of our back four and he got them relegated in the bundesliga God, like, it makes you think when those two started together, like, what were we thinking? Um, anyway, crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a bit more of a sensible one. I feel a bit like, <laughs> I feel a bit boring now, but... Um, well, I feel we need some sensible suggestions. Okay. Well, uh, notable mentions to Gabriel and, and Partey. Um, I think they were pretty good, but quite disappointing at, at times, actually. And um, they both started really well. Um, Partey got injured. Gabriel got injured. And I don't think they really were the same when they came back. They party obviously changed our midfield, but he definitely had his off games. I'm hoping that for maybe a bit more next season. But I, I actually think, given given the change from Chelsea with Emil Smith Rowe coming in the team and everything like that, and how sort of injury prone he was, and how well we did after that hashtag third in the league since December. Um, I think Erdegaard was my signing this season. I think he just gave us something that we didn't have before. He gave us a little bit of a um, little bit of cover from Emil Smith Rowe, and I think he was just basically unbelievable. I thought. I think he had, he had dips, but he was injured for a bit. And if we can sign him on, you know, on a permanent transfer, then I think we'll be in a good place. Um, that's my vote. What do you think, Matt? Yes, yeah, I, I just want to mention Odegaard because he, he was someone I, I was considering as well. I think my sign of the season is a bit different, but it is quite interesting to see how Arsenal fans have gone on about Odegaard because I think since the obviously we missed out on Buendia this week and the reaction to that has kind of made people turn on Odegaard just because they want the shiny new thing but I, I agree with you like Odegaard was fantastic mm. since January and he really improved us and I think a lot of people were worried I think especially Martin Keown <laughs> about Odegaard and Smith Rowe if they were able to play together and they were so it, it, it improved our creativity and he done really well 
and uh, I, I would love to sign him in, in the summer as well because he, he's just such a great talent. We we need more talent in the team and especially creative talent as well. But my the one signing... thing about that, oh, just on, while, while we're on Odegaard, like, I don't know, just on the point you're saying, sorry to interrupt, but like, you know, That's you're right. talking about the fact that people were saying, oh, we don't want Odegaard because they've seen him. And I'm thinking, you've got a player who's come in, done very well and has more potential because he's 22. In the Premier League, We've had a try before you buy. When a lot of players, when you buy them from a foreign, you know, country, and we look at Pepe, Partey's had his problems as well. Like, you've got a player that's proven himself now in the Premier League to be good, and like, there's no, there's, there's such little risk to that investment now, albeit it might be a very large investment. We don't know. It kind of feels like a no-brainer, and you just, no matter who you buy, if they're outside the Premier League, even Buendia, you know, when we were looking to sign him. Unprove him in the Premier League, really. Um, there was always going to Even be a little bit of risk there. Who are so, proven, mm. like Willian. Willian's like he, he lived in London, played in the Premier League for years. Yeah, there's it's always true. risk. And 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 it's something they touched on in the um, uh, Arsenal Vision podcast, I think, um, or it was the Arscast actually. But they were saying like one of the biggest thing, risks you can do is, is pay money for a big transfer because. You don't know, like you honestly don't know, like cultural fit, um, you know, family fitting in, um, getting on with the players. There's so many different things. And Odegaard was just looked up to. He could actually deal with the physicality of the Premier League. He made a difference. He's young. Yeah, sorry, bit of a tangent there, but I, I just wanted to, see, you know, if anybody was listening, who was the anti Odegaard parade. And hey, look, if you, your opinion is that maybe he didn't perform that well, you didn't like him, then you know that's that's fair enough. But I just think if you're going to be making an investment get one that's tried and tested um and that has capacity to grow um yeah, yeah. because uh, yeah no because I, I i i think i i will announce my sign in the season <laughs> but no I, I on odegaard i do think he will grow like i think people like point out that he didn't get many assists or didn't get many goals for us but he's 22 like you said and he will improve and get more goals and assists and it's just about him developing so i think people if we signed him we we would be lucky because he's a great talent and we need more talent in in the squad like i said but enough about odegaard my signing of the season Mm -hmm. was was gabriel just because i think when I think a lot of people predicted that William Saliba would start more than Gabriel did, and Gabriel did. was yeah, so exactly yeah, and I think Gabriel coming in from Lille, being as good as he has been, he's had dips. I think when he got COVID around December, it took him a while to come back to a decent level, but I I just feel. Uh, I think he's sometimes a bit rash, but I think for the 30 million we paid for him, he's been really good. And he's first choice in our defense now in our center back. There's no question in my mind. And uh, I think he, he's at least made our left center back position much stronger than what it was 12 to 18 months ago. And it's a credit to the recruitment because Arsenal have recruited quite badly over the last few years, but this was one sign in they actually got right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty, pretty good shout. Um, well, so I'm trying to think, by the way, it's got very dark where you are, Matt. You look quite scary. It's just you. And yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Looks, it, it looks like I'm going to kill someone. Any, any, <laughs> it's very any scary. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so signing a season. We've got very different answers there. All of us, actually. So, um, oh, Matt's going to turn his light on. Nice, much better. Um, so, okay, so uh, I'm going to choose my one because I'm I'm in charge here, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think both you know? yours were, were a good uh, good shout, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, had, I've had enough of your silliness, to be honest, Gus, mate. Yeah, fair, you know what I mean? You know? No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, you know. We, it's all good, mate. Um uh where are we okay signing the season uh Erdegaard or Gus do you want to choose one of ours because I suppose if it's an inbound um, thing it's a really but if it was called decision. if it was called business of the season I'd give oh, it to uh, you okay um, you know I think I'm gonna go with Mets choice purely because it's a permanent signing yeah, and I think play. Gabriel will continue to get better. I think Odegaard will continue to get better, but we might not have him next season. So yeah, I'm going to go with Gabriel. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, mate. Um, Alrighty, so Gabriel is our signing the season. Um, okay, this is. I'm quite interested to hear what you think about this one. The most Arsenal thing of the se- like quintessential Arsenal thing of the season. Um, I hope you both know what I mean by that. I assume I do. Okay, good. Um, do you want to kick us off, Gus? Uh, yeah, you, you've actually mentioned this exact moment on a previous podcast. And okay. since you've mentioned it, I've been like, it's just so Arsenal. So it, 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 it involves Granite Jack against Burnley again. So the, the goal where, <laughs> the goal where, where he, he just punts it straight at, um, what's his first name? Something Wood. Chris Wood. Uh, Chris Wood. And it goes, Chris Wood from uh, New Zealand? Yeah, like off his off his stomach and just dribbles into the goal. And before that, we were playing quite well. And oh, you yeah. you'd said like, oh yeah, so like we're playing quite well. We're actually not that far off the top four. Maybe we can get Champions League next season. And then on the replay of Granite Xhaka's goal, you can obviously see the advertising hoardings in the background. And you've just got Granite Xhaka like fizzing this ball at someone on the other team. And in the background, it's like some kind of like local farm shop on the advertising hoardings. Oh no, it was a lo- uh, it was a, it was a local biscuit factory. Oh, sorry, um, sorry. There was there was a scaffold company it was like mr johnson's scaffolding and then it had like a mobile number and i was like i was literally i was mid daydreaming about going away to real madrid away to Bayern munich actually i was not dreaming about going away to Bayern Munich, you know but these glamorous places in europe with the shining lights and the music of the champions league all coming in and then smacked in the most dribbly own goal against burnley and then scaffolding companies were advertising on my screen as they celebrated in front of us and i was like this is this yeah. is really this is, really yeah. at home, and the um the, the the meme that always goes round is like it's the hope that kills you being an Arsenal <laughs> fan, and I was like, oh, it's that hope of like we're playing really well against you know it's only Burnley, but we've got I think we've won the last game. It's like we're going to turn the ship around. Mikel knows what he's doing, and then yeah, as you say, the biscuit factory makes a big appearance with Chris Wood's ass, and you know like, certainly oh. does. <laughs> I, what's even more depressing about that? Is that we just started the podcast a few weeks before that, um, and if I miss a game, which I missed a few this season, and I watched them afterwards, I had to watch. I think it was one-one in the end. I had to watch ninety-four minutes, whatever it was, of that, like just by myself on that Sunday on a replay, knowing the knowing the result, um, which was really depressing. So uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty good one, <laughs> Matt. Have you got one? So 
I, I, Arsenal have had a lot of Arsenal moments in the, in the recent past, but one that s- sticks to mind is conceding really late against Slavia Prague in the fl- first leg after we pretty much had a really torrid performance. And it, it wasn't because Slavia Prague were like an amazing side. They were pretty rubbish, but Arsenal still managed to make an absolute meal of it. Pepe and Aubameyang come on and make a difference mm. and Pepe gets the goal and then we concede pretty much to the last kick of the game because Cedric decides not to be able to kick the football like a usual person does and we then concede from a corner when we haven't barely conceded corners all season. It was just classic Arsenal where it's just like, yeah, okay, we 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 scored one goal, but they haven't we haven't conceded an away goal. That's the most important thing, and then obviously that happens, and we're pretty well screwed. Yeah, it was it was devastating. I mean, yeah, that 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 really epitomizes our season. I mean, I really kind of think that there, we just really seem to make everything more difficult than it needs to be, um, and it always seemed to be our own fault. Which, um, and 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 yeah, I think that that moment was was really really Arsenal, and we we seem to do that all the time. Um, I've got a, a top three. I'll start from three. Um, so finishing six points short of a Champions League's place um, and having thrown away at least 10 or 11 points of those by doing things like Granite Xhaka or Ceballos or whatever it may be, um, that was pretty Arsenal. Even, you know, having that bad a season, but still having been in reach if we'd have just not done those stupid things. Um, uh, VAR table. So um, been in the Europa League, but we'd have got four more points if the VAR had actually gone correctly. Um, well, that's actually points that we would have uh, over from overturned decisions um, that we lost, actually. So we probably had more in there. Um, but really, the most quintessential Arsenal thing is that we bought a, 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 a £45 million player in Thomas Partey, who has a, an injury record of the most incredible athlete I think I've ever seen. He's played consistently across Europa League. Um, uh, La Liga all his career Champions League week in week in week out for a hard working defensive physical manager in Diego Simeone at Atletico Madrid Thomas Partey couldn't string three games together for the majority of the season because he was injured so much when he came to Arsenal and it was so depressing and so Arsenal I don't know what goes on in that doctor's room or physio room Gus maybe you can test inside on this because of course Gus is a famous physio um yeah, Gus, go on. Tell me what's been going on there, mate. I've, I've got no idea. That's, how, <laughs> that's, why, that's why. That is why I'm not working at Arsenal because I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that it was it was such a. Well, on the other hand, we signed him where he wasn't injured, and we have got previous with that Kim Kallstrom. Oh, that was a good uh, one. Cedric, Cedric, remember he turned up for his medical oh. in the knee brace. <laughs> Always a good sign. <laughs> I'm fine, a thirty-year-old. I just, I just like the way it feels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it in a brace? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I don't, how don't how don't much are you giving me? <laughs> these fine. Just, have you not seen these? They're selling them in Top Man and Gucci everywhere. Is it? <laughs> Ready to go on hey. Sunday? I swear. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-five years old or whatever he is as well. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Give us a four-year contract. <laughs> how much? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on the bench. Sure. <laughs> so you don't, don't mind wherever you want mate <laughs> wherever you want oh god oh good signing that um okay um what are we feeling then so we've got 
Um, Parties, injuries, having not been injured. We've got throwing away stupid things, uh, except in the Slavia game specifically. What was your one going to go, Gus? Oh, the, the Burnley one. Factory. The biscuit factory. I'm tempted to give it to the biscuit factory. That really does feel quintessential Arsenal. <laughs> if if, if Granite Jack is listening, he must think we absolutely <laughs> hate him. Mm. He's off to Roma to work with Mourinho. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. I think he had a very good season. I think he was underrated and with the right partner on figuring out how to use him within the what, five, six years we had in then. You know, I think he would have been much, much better throughout. It turns out we always do that. We we always have like a decent player and always forget how to use them until very late. Um, or don't give someone the right partner. And I hope we can do that at a party with Basuma or something right now. But um, okay, a um, couple more awards then. Um, let's race through a couple of these and get to the last two. So uh, most disappointing player of the season. Is that even a question? Um. Well, I actually, I, I know you, you're thinking Willian, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I don't think he was the most disappointing. I thought, because I, I wasn't, I was expecting something. I wasn't expecting a lot. Like, I thought he'd be pretty good. I, he knew he's on like a bit old. And I knew he, like, I was, I just, I was, I was already in a bit down because I knew his contract length. So I was pretty like, yeah. this is, this isn't good. She had a low but bar. I didn't expect it was that bad. But actually... Yeah. I thought Aubameyang was, Bamis, was the most disappointing. Yeah, yeah I he, he, he's mine as well. Mm. Yeah, because that was... From, yeah. You see how high we were? Not literally, yeah. but, you know, we were we were so happy with just, like, him. We, everyone was chanting and, you know, everyone was screaming for him to be signed. Signed a thing, signed a thing. It dragged out so long. And that day, we was buzzing. I actually watched that whole live video that they did. They really dragged it out, but, God, I was suckered in. Um and uh, yeah, it just turns out he had a very disappointing season. I don't think that's the end of him. No, um, no. I just think he had a disappointing season. Can the, let, you, the you... record show, though, that I don't like William? Even though I agree <laughs> with you, I want yeah. it on record that I don't like William. Mm, okay, I've not heard that from you, to be fair, before. So <laughs> what about you, Matt? So Aubameyang? Yeah, yeah, so Aubameyang would be mine. Just because I think, like you, I, I was completely excited and absolutely love the guy. I mean, I, I bought a shirt with him after the community shield final. Uh, and but just because I, I thought, Oh, well, we, he's, he's signing a new contract. Now he's, he's staying loyal to us. He's won us a trophy. Like he's bordering on legendary status for us. And mm. like, I might as well just get in. Then he produced a really bad season, which I, to be fair, I don't think is pretty much his fault. I, I think he's had bad games, but I don't think it's his fault. I think it was no. how we used him. And hopefully we can use him better next season if we did sign like an Odegaard or Smith Rowe, that he looked good in front of those kind of players. But I think he it was disappointing from where he was last season and the high that he was and everyone saying oh, he's one of the best strikers in the league to where he is now. It, it was quite a disappointment. For sure. Yeah. And, and I don't blame him, to be fair. Like, I think that he had, like you say, bad games, bad moments, disappointing runs. Um, he just wasn't... He was getting into better positions this season than he did last season. His XG was higher this season than it was last. Um, I think he was way overperforming last season. And this time he just couldn't put even the easy ones away at, at times. And, um, you know, there was one-on-ones against... Um, 
I think it was a one-on-one -on -one against... Who did we go out to in the Europa League again? Jesus, this is terrible. Villarreal. Yeah, Villarreal, Villarreal. Yeah. He had a one-on-one -on -one in the first leg and then I think, you know, towards the second leg of the um, of the previous game. Um, you know, so I, I just think, yeah, in the big moments, I thought he was really disappointing. Um, it was okay. a bad evening. It was a bad evening. A very bad evening. Gus, get over it, you know, Emery. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You're still talking about him. Um <laughs> Uh, worst VAR decision decision of the season. Oh, uh, I'm so gone. You go, Matt. You go. You go. Okay. Well, I I, I had a couple because we have had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, my, my first word is uh, all of them, but yeah. uh, I do have one. Yeah. <laughs> so I had what? So I had a few. Lacazette's goal being ruled out against Leicester because Xhaka was somehow in the way of Casper oh, Schmeichel, yeah. even though he wasn't, which was complete rubbish. You had the I, I, the Bruno Fernandes challenge on Xhaka against, at home where he basically nearly broke his ankle because of that challenge and VAR looked in and didn't deem it a red card. But I think the, the easy one is the, the Louise one where it was given a red card and penalty against Wolves, just because I can't believe that's a foul, mm. let alone a red card and a penalty. He, he literally clipped, he's literally just running. I think it's William Jose who clips his leg on Louise's knee mm. and then goes down, and that's somehow a penalty a foul in the first place, a penalty and a red card. It was just ridiculous. And it again, going back to the most Arsenal thing, we had produced pretty much our best 45 minutes of the season in that game. And it was ruined by the referee and VAR. Yeah. I, um, that, that was actually second on my list. And the reason why it didn't come first on my list is because, and Please, please don't get me wrong here. I equally agree with you. I think it was the worst decision I've seen one of. And I could not believe that, yeah, penalty, red card, one goal of obviously from the penalty. It, it was just crazy considering he didn't even initiate the movement. But at least there was like, well, there was no logic, but at least there was a pattern where I guess there was some kind of contact, albeit I'm not even entirely sure there was, if they think that. There was a there was a path to which you could see why they're given the penalty, albeit a terrible path and with terrible decisions along the way. But what I couldn't believe was um, my one was the Pepe handball. Oh, it wasn't Pepe's handball, but Pepe clipped the ball up against Burnley when we really need to win that game. Uh, it was one one, and there was two handballs in the build up. First one debatable. If it was given, it wouldn't have been overturned by VR. The second one, he slaps the ball down with his hand. Do you remember yeah. this in the box? Yeah, yeah. And the and it's one one, and the penalty's not given. It's like eighty six minute, whatever. And it's like, are you joking? And then there was another one that was cleared off the line, which, in fairness, wasn't a handball. The penalty was overturned, but it was like that. Like if you, oh, I just it, it it really does my head in, and uh, it was just so obvious. It was similar to Harry Kane's one in the last day of the season, in the build up to the uh, the Gareth Bale goal, but. Um, yeah, Gus. Well, I, I don't know what you guys think about that, but yeah, I remember that game so well, and it was so frustrating because the, the fact there were two of them or three of them, you're like, surely one of them's going our way, um, but apparently not. But my, I have to agree with Matt. That was the one that I immediately thought of, and because it's such a technicality, 
the fact that Bruno Fernandes didn't get a red card for stamping on Xhaka, but um, Louise did get a red card. And you shouldn't be able to give away a penalty and a red card at the same time. The only circumstance is if you're not playing for the ball. Mm. And I was like, yeah, he, yeah, he wasn't playing for the ball, but he wasn't playing for anything. He was literally just running. Yeah, and there was like, the most minute amount of contact. That, like it's just such a that he didn't initiate. <laughs> the rule, yeah, the rule is is it's a bad rule. Basically, the fact that that can be interpreted as being like a, a red card. So that was mm. mine. And, yeah, that's and, yeah, as Matt said, he was like, we were dominating that game. I remember I was cycling back from work. I listened to the first half. I was like, fuck, I really miss it. Like annoyed I'm missing this first half. Keen to watch the second half. And as I pulled up to my house, the, uh, they said it's a red card. I was like, oh, God. And then sat yeah. through the second half where obviously we just hang on. Well, try and hang on and lose. Fuming, fuming. And we had a chance in that game as well after that. And um, was it... Was it Ruben Neves that scored that absolute yeah. wonder goal? Bang. No, um, Jao Moutinho. Moutinho. Oh, yeah, sorry, actually, no, that's a good point because actually I did read uh, today that he, he he had 69 shots from outside the box and scored none this season. Um, to be I'm fair, Neves scored the penalty. The he did, did he? So what did you yeah. say, Gus? Imagine him and party in midfield. Oh, buzzing. Shot Can't wait. Hey, no, Party turned it on against Brighton. Whoa, he could shoot. <laughs> I don't know why he waited until the last game of the season. Um, he was very close to scoring as well. So. Yeah, but crucially didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still no goals. For Still no goals. Um, okay, last two, and these are, these are relatively sensible, um, although I'm quite keen to hear what you think, Gus. So uh, moment of the season. Um, my, my response to this is actually quite sensible. It's Bukai Saka's goal against Chelsea. Bukai Saka's? That's goal, quite... Yeah, goal. it was. The chip. Yeah. So it's just like, as I said earlier, when we went into that game, I was like, as long as we don't get spanked in this game, I'll take it. And even at 2-0 up, I was like, we have got it well within us to throw this away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when that in, I was like, oh my God, one, we're going to win a game because I've mm. forgotten what that was like. And then two, we're going to beat... Chelsea, I think it was at Stamford Bridge as well. No, um, it was at the Emirates. It was okay. the Emirates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mm. Fair. Yeah, just just uh, really enjoyed that that moment. Yeah, I I, I was I was the same. Um, I chose Chelsea uh, as the moment. I didn't actually put down a, a specific moment in the match, but that was such a turning point. And just I'd even say the moment being the starting lineup. So just the idea of putting. Yeah. someone through the middle and that person being Emil Smith-Rowe, it was really, was it his first start? Well, it must have been very close to it. And, you know, it was key ever since then. And it just completely changed the way we played. Hashtag third since Christmas. And um, so, yeah, that was a huge moment. I mean, or, or you could even say Leno's penalty save. I actually forget that even happened. Um, but do you remember, that could have been 3-2. Um, oh, yeah. Jorginho steps up in the 90-whatever minute. Because it was 3-1 in the end, wasn't it? And Because uh, they scored. Yeah. And then the 92nd yeah. minute out of 95 or 96 minutes, they get a penalty. Leno saves it. And uh, I mean, maybe maybe that was it. Maybe that was the moment. But um, yeah, oh, what, what do you think, Matt? Are you, did you pick Chelsea as well? Yeah, so I I, I, I think the, the, the Chelsea on Boxing Day thing is is probably the moment of the season. I mean, there's some like honourable mentions in terms of winning at Old Trafford for the first time in 15 mm. years, winning at Stamford Bridge for the first time in 10 years. Like these were, 
big moments and big games. And obviously, any time we beat Spurs, obviously Arteta's first North London derby win. It, it was quite funny how Lamella scored a Rabona goal, and no one's going to remember it because we won. Love it. And but I, I think you can't you can't go against the, the Chelsea game on Boxing Day just because it was such a big moment for us and it, ch- it changed our season in terms of it changed our formation we used 4-2-3-1 pretty much every game of the season from mm. then we had a creator in the side in Smith Rowe it just allowed us to build relationships a bit more and something that at least gave us a small glimmer of hope which ended up finishing the season quite well when it looked like we had no hope. And I remember Arteta was very close to losing his job. I'm pretty sure if yeah. he lost that jo- uh, that game and the next two games, which was Brighton and West Brom, he would have got sacked. So for him to turn it around, and he has a big debt to pay to Emil Smith-Rowe, Bakayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli, who, who, who all started that game, mm. that it, it has to be a moment of the season. I agree. So Chelsea generally, it felt feels like was was moment of the season. Um, yeah, it, it was certainly huge. So, um, so glad he figured that out. Um, otherwise, God knows what well, Arteta wouldn't be in a job if he didn't figure it out. I think we all figured the Emil Smith Rowe thing about about ten games before he did. But um, glad he did. Uh, p- final final one, guys. You know, it's been a it's been a very sensible awards so far. Um, let's finish with player of the season then. Um, yeah, and Matt, what, what do you think, Matt? So I think I think you can make an argument for Smith Rowe in terms of since he's been introduced into the side, he's been so important for us and he's been the creative hub of our team. But I think it's it's simple for me. It's Bakayo Saka. He he was pretty great all season. I think most players had a bad period this season where they were bad like Pepe had a bad period at the start of the season he finished the season really well Tierney Mm. I don't think he was that good in the back three at centre back I think he was much better when we moved to the back four and at left back bombing down the wing but Saka I'm pretty sure he was consistent throughout the season even moments like I think there was a West Ham winner where he played in a lovely pass as Ceballos who taps it in for Eddie Nketiah. You had the run against Southampton, which leads to an Aubameyang goal during that really horrendous one during the Christmas period. And then obviously you have games like the Chelsea game, the Slavia Prague away game, the Newcastle game, he, he the West Brom game. Like he was involved in pretty much all our good moments. And I think it's not hard to argue that he's a special talent. He's going on to England now and at the Euros and we'll all be supporting him there. And it crowns off a fantastic season where he's been head and shoulders our best player. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it, it was it was quite easy, to be honest, um, which is crazy to say for a 19-year-old. But like he, he was devastating. He carried us for so much of the season. I had the same train of thought as you. I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe, probably had the biggest impact this season. I just think the dramatic, as we just mentioned for Chelsea, like this is the dram- how dramatic that change was and how impactful that was in the season was massive. But Bakaya Saka was always the one there creating the chances. And um, yeah, pretty easy. And Tierney came came third for me, even though he didn't play as, as much as we looked, hoped he'd play. So pr- pretty big. Um, Willian, 
came came fourth for me. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, just missed out on bronze. What about you, Gus? Yeah, uh, similar to you guys, young players really. So mm. you know, Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, uh, Runa Runason obviously uh, gets a mention in there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's difficult to give it to Runason, isn't it? Mm. When he's he's not, not been <laughs> quite as consistent as uh, as no. Saka or Smith Rowe. I, I yeah, mm. it's. I think just because you guys have, have said Saka, I think I'm going to give it to Smith Rowe with a special mention to uh, Kieran and Tierney as well. Because I thought it was so clear the difference, the, the amount we dropped off when he got injured. And I genuinely think we would have gone through into the Europa League final, beating Villarreal if he had played. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Saka's the, the player of the season, guys. Ooh. Yeah, I think and that's that- fair. And that concludes. I did actually miss one, so I don't really want to do a thirty-second one um, award of most surprising player of the season. Uh, mine was El Nenny because I thought he was the worst player uh, I think we'd ever had, nearly. Um, and he ended up being quite well before. Before, yeah, but he just get. I, he, I would remember him offering nothing, and granted, he hasn't offered a crazy amount this season, but. Um, he he at least had some high energy performances and he stayed and he could get in the team, which surprised me. Uh, anything from you guys? Yeah, I, I I think my most surprising player is actually Smith Rowe, just because I I I always backed him as an amazing player and an amazing talent, but I didn't think he would be as good as he was and that important Mm. for us. I thought he would be a really good creative player and really bring us forward, but I didn't think he would be end up in the end of the season, getting a new contract and possibly a new number 10 shirt, which I really hope happens in in the off season. And he, he, he just surprised me how good he was and it's a good surprise and hopefully he keeps building next season. Yep. Fair. Um, That's entirely fair. And Gus? Mine are actually the um, the injured duo of uh, Bobby Holding and Callum Chambers. Yeah. I, I really didn't expect either of them to really um, nail down a place in the team, especially Chambers late on in the season, making a late charge for right back. Um, so, yeah, that, those two for me um, yeah. were a very yeah, uh, pleasant, pleasant to surprise. Bobby Holdini, I forgot. Yeah, no, yeah. that was that was very surprising. His consistency and you know, and just the the fact that he was really holding down that position for for a long time and was really crucial for a long time. Dipped towards the end of the season, but yeah, bit of, bit of a surprise. Um, okay, nice one, guys. Well, look, thanks very much for joining. Thanks everyone for listening. We've concluded that, so we've 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 been yeah, good stuff. Um, thanks very much for coming on, Gus. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, uh, hopefully see you soon. And thanks for coming. Thanks very much for coming on, Matt. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right. And that concludes the end season awards. We'll have a few um, more podcasts probably throughout the season. They won't be every Tuesday like uh, it will be when the season starts again. But, you know, Euros is on. Maybe do a few transfer things um, during the, the off season as well. I'll get, but I'll um, get the spreadsheet out. Get the spreadsheet out and we'll have uh, um, Big Harry um, sitting in his car, <laughs> not doing anything untoward. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, and on that note, uh, have a good week, guys, and we'll speak soon. (laughs) Cheers.